The Natural Hat Trick, hosted by Luke Lipinski and Craig Morgan. Welcome to episode 209 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Jamie Eisner, the Maddie Hattie, and Craig Morgan. What is your sleep deprivation stuff here? It's good. I'm studying myself. Uh, I'm tired. Day number 97. I'm tired. What are you noticing mostly about your behavior, about your cognitive ability? Um, when people, there's a certain point that when people talk, words seem funny to me. And I'm just like, oh, that's a not funny. Ha ha. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm starting to laugh out loud okay. just by the simple use of words. I'm like, oh, that word sounds funny. Like words you use in everyday life. Not like, I don't know. Nemesnikov, like actual words. But that being said, how excited are you to be around me today? I mean, words, funny or not, can't put into <laughs> my emotions. <laughs> that that, oh, that sentence didn't make any sense. Did, no, really I'm worried about yeah. you. Those yeah. words were funny to Have me. Have you find yourself you? more emotional these days? No. Only when Jamie's around? Only yeah. when Jamie's around. I mean, I anger guess then, anger's right? an emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you'd like to read more about sleep deprivation, you can find some helpful links on nature.com or... <laughs> You can just follow along with us on this podcast and see where it goes over the next couple of weeks because I don't think the schedule is slowing down for Luke. Maybe a little bit, actually. It's, You're not doing the morning I'm show I'm not anymore, doing the morning show. Ah, so this may the be the end day. of the study. So yeah. you think. Well, as far as I know, yeah, this, there you go. this exact moment, Something may yes. come up. That's true. Uh, Craig, while I was uh, slaving all over the place, how was your vacation? Uh, it was quite pleasant, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> Surprised you actually asked. <laughs> I like to pretend I care. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I wrote yeah. in the show notes. Yes, Craig you told me to ask actually, about Actually, Jamie's not even feigning interest right now. He's doing something <laughs> yeah. else. No. <laughs> uh, we stayed up in Topanga, spent a lot of time on Malibu, the various beaches along Malibu. That actually sounds Ate good food. fun. Oh. It's pretty cool. Topanga's, uh, it's interesting. We yeah. found a, uh, a nice rental place, which is, you know, you're in the middle of the forest. So it's really cool to have that experience so close to the beach. It's a little uh, hippie-esque. My wife liked it a lot. You fit right in? Uh, yeah. I blended. <laughs> did you bring your tambourine? <laughs> oh, you know, she did her yoga classes. I uh, I just sat on the porch drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you got to eat nice food in Malibu, and I'm eating dried pretzels for breakfast. And well, I've been up for seven sad. hours. People really should know exactly what you're eating. What are those called? Well, in case they ever want to sponsor the show, I won't give out the brand name, but I've been up since 3.30. It's 10.30, and my breakfast is pretzels, and then I don't know what the other things in the bag are. They're like dried bread bits. You sure they're bread? I hope. Yeah. But we did learn from reading the package that you could now have 100% of your day's worth of sodium. No, 21%. But oh, it was 21? a selling point. It oh. was like, if you're not getting enough sodium, here's 480 milligrams. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I haven't had enough sodium today, so this is perfect. Mm. Um, no protein or any actual like value. No, no, no. So no nutritional value at all. Yes, it's mostly just a bag of sodium. That's what it boils down to. Uh, Craig is too high and I am too low. So let's talk about the Blackhawks, shall we? That's just hurtful. It's the no, great I equalizer. Even, I can't even find my bell. Oh, look at you handing it quietly. <laughs> Almost quietly. Almost. <laughs> very faint bell. What did you want to talk about? Um, well, that wasn't a nearly strong enough bell. I mean, I can't get really worked up about this trade i don't even know if it's that bad of a trade really uh, it's, it's, it's whatever it, it, it cleared a little cap space for the blackhawks so they traded their bad contract for artem anisimov for a, another bad contract that's not as much money as x smith yeah i don't have a lot of analysis here this is whatever have they traded their bad contract that is brent Seabrook no yet? they oh, haven't okay. traded that one that the just, worst contract in the nhl apparently according to sure. 
The Athletic. I believe Jack Johnson didn't even make the top 15 on that list. Now, he did make 16 because they made a point to uh, to describe that later in a different article. That surprised Milan Lucic was at number one. Oh, we'll get to him. As was I. Yeah. Oh. Actually, let's get okay. to him right now, right. shall we? So Craig doesn't now know about this, so we're making the transition right now. Uh, so while I was scouring the internet last night, I found the greatest hockey article of the offseason. So you read two stories? No, I read exactly one. Okay. <laughs> he read the greatest article and nothing and I more. stopped. And in this one case, it's the only article you need. So this, this was written in the Edmonton Journal. Yes. On Wednesday by David Staples. The headline. The top 10 reasons an NHL team should trade for Milan Lucic. Oh, no way. So let's go no. through some of these now. Wait, is number one because they're drunk? <laughs> we'll get there. It's implied in all time. So there, there are paragraphs for each one of these, but oh, we'll just read the great. beginning. No. Yeah. Wait, wait. Just tell me this before I, I hear this. Is this a serious sell job? Yes. Yeah. So David oh, no, no, yeah, no, this, this David Staples is carrying water for the Edmonton Oilers. Correct. This General is not a satirical right article. Oh, my God. Although, to be fair, you're about five or six words away from this being a satirical article, but it's actually not a satirical article. <laughs> this really should just be posted on the Oilers' website. It really should. And the I'll title like should just be... I don't even know what it is yet. So, please. number one... Number one. Milan Lucic is one of the game's most feared players. Ah, uh, fear. Well, I'm sold. I know a lot of people are looking for that at the trade deadline. You know what we're looking for? Fear. We need to add more fear to our lineup. What do you need? Well, I need a scoring winger. What do you need? Fear. Mostly just fear. (laughs) Number two, Lucic is a possession monster. (sighs) And it's noted in here that he had a better Corsi than Connor McDavid. Thus making him a better player than Connor McDavid. Boy, so, if, the, if that is in a, uh, a, a strike against Corsi, I don't know what is. <laughs> Somewhere Dave Tippett is laughing. Number three. Korski. 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 <laughs> Number three. Lucic isn't slowing down when it comes to board work. He can't slow down anymore. He's one of the slowest players in the NHL. They should have at least had like the dot, dot, dot in the middle there. Lucic isn't slowing down. This is hysterical. When it comes to board work. <sighs> Number four. Lucic brings that quote, solid veteran presence and quote, Stanley Cup winning pedigree that uh, so many GMs seem to yearn for in their team's dressing room. Good in the room. Where he should stay, probably, at this yes, point. He's, yes. He might be good in the Where room, but not stay. on the ice. <laughs> good in the press box. Number five, which is my favorite. Lucic is significantly overpaid, yes, but other players like him earn huge paychecks as well. <laughs> that's that's it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's explanations for all these, but Jamie is reading the first, oh, like, the, the no. sell point sentence, and... Uh, I mean, because other GMs have made mistakes, you should make one too. We really should just trade. <laughs> well, to be fair, these. that is Jim Rutherford's like motto. That's what he lives by. Uh, I don't even want to laugh at that. He's going to end up trading for him, isn't he? You know, somewhere Jim Rutherford's reading this and being like, "Ooh, oh, I just got ten, 10 reasons." Whole reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I only had one reason to get Jack Johnson number to get s- slower. Number six in an NHL where big, tough, and physical St. Louis just won the Stanley oh, Cup. No. Lucic is big, tough, and physical. Oh, so now, see, we, we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. Now, I didn't know it was going to come in such an absurd article <laughs> like this. But we knew there were going to be people. In fact, we have people tweeting us saying, hey, St. Louis won the cup playing this style, so that means everybody should play this style now. <laughs> they did not play Milan Lucic style. No, otherwise St. Louis. It's one year, too, and a year in which the playoffs were just bizarre and nothing. we won't see anything like that again. For like 15 years. Also, it does remind me of the time right after the Kings were winning cups when people could had a hard time distinguishing between physical and slow. 
So does this article. Right. And like just because somebody is physical doesn't mean they are the type of physical player you want on your team if you're building that type of team. The Kings won the Cups because they had the puck all yes. the time. That's and why Jonathan Quick. Yeah, and Jonathan yeah. Quick. Although I don't know if you know, but Milan Lucic is a possession monster. Oh, hold on. We'll get back to that. Oh. But number seven, Lucic is incredibly durable. That almost seems like a negative. I, I'm not point. sure that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. Kind of hoping he'll be out. We're kind of hoping for LTIR. Yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> number eight, Lucic ach- achieved his strong Corsi number despite the fact that his defensive zone start percentage was fifty four point five. Well, I mean, if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what does. That's actually probably the best reason I've heard so far because I don't totally know what to make of it. Number nine, in his eight hundred and ninety career games, he has scored on thirteen and a half percent of his shots. Oh, cool. that's a, that's a, <laughs> Wait, keep going on that. So one, that please. means last year he must have. Let me last year he scored on just eight point one percent, and the year before he had on just six point eight percent. So he's trending okay. down. So might not be part of his scoring slump, or might part of his scoring slump be reasonably attributed to poor puck luck? Scoring slump? It's been two and a half years. It's a slump, Luke. He's no. not done. It's a slump. <laughs> no. This is a player in serious decline. <sighs> and this what, the, just because all of his numbers are getting worse each year, Craig. The tenth, the tenth one is is the only one that even kind of no, it's it's ridiculous anyway. This one is for you two both. Okay, number ten, you can get rid of your own bad contract in acquiring Lucic. Lucic for Seabrook. <laughs> see, that's the only one that yes! that carries any. Oh, I want to see that trade now. I want <laughs> to see that trade now. Rutherford will the get stories involved. that could be written off that. So, and then the final line here is is I'm somewhat content. If one does not a, a trade does not occur, given that the Oilers don't need his toughness, but other teams do need it, I can see him having more value elsewhere than here. So a trade makes sense. Well, he can't have any less value elsewhere than he does in Edmonton right now. So I guess in that one regard, it kind of makes <sighs> no sense at all. That that just that was title, so good. I honestly thought the title again. I can't believe that wasn't on fansided. The top I'm shocked. Ten reasons an NHL team should trade for Milan Lucic. I thought honestly it was like the Onion. Yeah, it should be right. Yeah. Hey, I think we had a question about the Onion. We'll, we'll get back to that. From your favorite Twitter, Twitterer, Twitterer, Twitterer. Oh, what was it? I think Gertrude it was. Gertrude, yes, it was. Mm. I believe. Big fan of Gertrude. So now that we've all recovered from that, we need to meet up someday, Gertrude. <laughs> if that is your real name, yeah. I, I mean, that was so good. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the show is peaked now. Like, how do you come back from really a top feel ten? Like li- it has. How do you come back That's from a top ten list of why you should trade for one of the worst cut deals in hockey? I'm surprised they could limit it to ten. Mm. Is that only part one of the list? Oh, we'll see. It's okay. a long summer. I mean, I would say it's absurd, but this is the same summer that started with uh, media members in Toronto yelling at San Jose for not taking Patrick Marlowe's contract off their hands, even though they physically couldn't. <laughs> and then everybody else bailed Toronto out anyway. So I, would I say it's impossible that a team trades for Milan Lucic? Yeah, we never thought Toronto was getting out of its situation, and then Carolina and uh, Ottawa, Ottawa helped yeah. him out. Yeah, did him a solid. Yeah. I have no idea why, but cool. Good job, guys. I'm yeah. sure you'll get your names on the cup when Toronto wins it. Well, too. that was a high point of the show. I, I still yeah. can't. It's believe all done. That was there. written. If you want to stop listening I now, I can't I believe that was written. Uh, maybe we can get to uh, a little game I want to play later on to bring the show back up after we bore the hell out of our listeners for the next 45 minutes. Uh, Uno? I like to call it offensive numbers. So if you're oh. going to wear a number, who might you offend? 
by choosing Ooh. that number. Oh, you mean offensive numbers. Yeah. Not yeah. offensive. Play on words there, huh? huh? You like what I did there? All right. That's too much excitement for one show. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some of the RFAs that have not signed. All of them. Yeah. Really, all of them. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I guess do have, and do we have any fear that any of these guys are going anywhere else? No, nope. I don't. I don't want to see Mitch Marner get an offer sheet. I don't want to see someone else bail Toronto out. Don't give him an offer sheet. He wants more than anybody can offer and stay below that four first round pick threshold. Yeah. So, although I hope don't somebody, do it. I kind of want someone to do it above the four first. Yeah, round that's pick the threshold. thing. I, I want. I was wondering what you were because saying there. in that case, you either Toronto has to still figure something out. Or we get to see what happens if they let Mitch Marner walk. Yeah. Which is great entertainment. The problem is who could do it. Because if Montreal. it's... They could offer... They have that cap yeah. space. Why haven't they done it yet? Because they're, they're not going. Nobody's you know, who going wants to give up four first-round draft picks? Especially oh, if you're in rebuild mode. That's a bad idea. Four first-round draft picks and, I don't know, 11 or $12 million yeah. a year for a winger. For a winger. That, like, yeah, it's not... Because it's one thing to spend $11 million on a Temi Panarin and it's just money. Yeah. It's another thing to spend that kind of money and your next half decade's worth of first-round picks. But just for my own entertainment, to drive a further rift between the cities and fan bases in Montreal and Toronto. It would be pretty cool. It would be outstanding. Reason. Does Mitch yeah. Marner speak French? Because if but he does, they, they will, he'll get offer sheeted. But if they give him 10-something, whatever that number it's is. like 10-5-8 or something. 10 yeah. 5, 8. Then that, that bails Toronto out again. They'll just match it and they'll be happy. Five-year deal. Yeah. Set. No, I, it, that's, that's a good I point. I don't think I don't Marner that. Si- signs that. That's what I'm saying. Like even at that, maybe he signs at that AAV, but not for five years. I, I mean, I I'm just going back to if if a team did trade for first round picks for him, it would have to be a team that plans to win the Stanley Cup or to be picking towards the end of the first round each of the next four years. And those teams just don't typically have cap space. Like Montreal has cap space, but are they really that good? Colorado, I don't think we'd consider them a cup team with Marner. Jamie's uh, runaway cup predictor of the Colorado Avalanche. I don't know if Craig, you weren't you weren't here for this. You were off in the woods doing yoga and sipping coffee. I was not doing yoga. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. Jamie Hot yoga. Bikram, Bikram yoga. That's gonna be your new name no. on the show. I was stretching. Bikram Morgan. <laughs> Back in my day, we called it calisthenics. Oh wow. Uh, Jamie declared his love outright for the Colorado Avalanche as the team to watch this year. That's, really? The, no, that's not what I, I did the complete opposite, yeah. actually. Jamie hates the Avalanche. Jamie hates the Avalanche. Yeah, I think, the, the I think they've gotten worse this offseason, uh, and I am not convinced that they're... Hot uh, I, 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 I'm not convinced they're a playoff team yet. Let that I, sink I, I, in I, I for think a they're, I think they're a wild-card contender. I do not think they are a cup contender by any means. All right. Uh, and who, I explained all my who reasons. Who are the eight teams in the West, then, that are in the playoffs? I have to go back there. Colorado so, is not... If Colorado's not, I think I would keep the same and then put Arizona in. Okay. And I think Chicago's in contention. I'm not having them in, but I think they're going to be in the conversation late in the year. Yeah. And I'm not uh, saying Colorado can't make it. I'm just saying I think they're at best a wild card team. Blackhawks in contention, huh? Yeah. In wild card contention. <laughs> wild card contention. Um, they get the strength of Dylan Strom's 80 point season. <laughs> Only 80? No, I think they're on the strength of I'm banking that they'll get better goaltending, slash healthier goaltending. Yeah. They should. And again, I'm not saying... Better again, goaltending. I, I don't know if their blue line's any better with the, the two moves they not. made. They have veterans, but so what? Mm. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not excited by them, but I think they could be in upper 80 point totals. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. Again, I, I just, I'm not convinced that... I don't believe Nazem Kadri's number two center. I, I just, I don't think he can play that role effectively. I still have massive concerns about their depth on that team. 
I'm just not ready. I think their blue line got worse, even with Kale McCarr coming in for the full season. So we could see a an instance of nonlinear progression. Yes. What? Oh, by the way, that team is also. I mean, we know Calgary was the team that inspired the nonlinear progression, but the Avs played a role in that too for a while. But like I said, I, I, Matt was on here when I was away claiming their cup contender, and I just from Kansas City. That was my a head bad exploded. point from Matt Lehman, is what you're it saying? was a bad point from Matt okay. Lehman. Wow, right. one that. of the rare bad, bad points from Matt okay. Lehman. Uh, I'm just I, not convinced yet. If what I, other teams do you think might be victimized by nonlinear progression? That term that you, you know, Carolina. You're like, you're like Mark Zuckerberg, by the way. Yeah, pr- you just stole I'm, that and profit. Pretty much. It and, I make almost as much money too. Um, <laughs> just move the comma all several spots over. I don't think the comma matters. It's a decimal point. You can put the comma wherever you want. I only have one comma. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> no uh, but uh, Carolina, I think, is another team that I, I could see coming back down to earth a little bit. I don't think it's fair to say the Islanders. like They're not going to make the playoffs next year, but I don't think it's because it's nonlinear progression. I just think they massively overperformed last year. If I set the over-under at five and a half teams that made the playoffs last year missing next year, would you take the over or the under? I, uh, that's I a hate number. Because I have number. five. I, I, yeah, I have four new teams in the East. Okay. As we talked about on last week's show, and maybe one new in the West. Mm. Um, I just don't I, I'll, see... I'll take the under just because I'm worried about the West. Yeah, I'll go under too. That, the East, East is, I think, going to have four. Yeah, I don't see a lot of change in the West in terms of playoff contenders. I, I don't either, but there always is like three new teams, three or four new teams in the West well, every you year. mentioned, you know, Blackhawks and Coyotes are two teams that I can see possibly making the jump. I'm not as high on the Blackhawks as others are, but, you know, I may be biased in that regard. You think? Like, the Blackhawks aren't good, no, but they have enough not. talent to get to 85, 86, 87 points. Brent which, which of these playoff contenders should, in your mind, trade for Milan Lucic? Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, that would be outstanding. Make it happen. Who's going? They should it, give up a first round pick to get him. You no, know, you don't need those. You're Vancouver. Um, Pedersen. Pedersen for Lucic, who says no. Well, I mean, Pedersen doesn't have that fear factor that Lucic That's has. That's true. And I haven't seen his possession numbers, but they can't be as good as that monster Lucic. <laughs> Can we just call him that from now on? We won't yeah. refer to him by his name. Just call him Monster. The monster. Possession Monster. monster. Possession Monster. Uh, let's say sticking with Toronto, William Nylander. Oh, number 88. Can't believe how he disrespected Eric Lindros, even if Eric Lindros doesn't know it. <laughs> well, half of Canada knows it, as you said in your notes. The stupid half. The stupid half. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Eric Lindros Can you explain like, this a little bit? Go ahead. He played like 30 minutes eloquent way. with the Maple Leafs, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Lindros, I don't... <laughs> Three cups of coffee. Yeah, if that. Um Yes, <laughs> go ahead. It's just such an odd like story. Well, explain the story to people. Well, Mitch, Mar- not Mitch Marner. I'm sorry, William Nylander. No, he's, not, he's not signed right now. Well, no, but Marner's not current Maple Leaf. Mitch Marner. If Marner's yeah. going to sign with may, the Oilers, and then switch his number too. Mitch Marner may switch his number, and everyone will hail it as a great decision. Yeah, well, because absolutely. he's Mitch Marner. He's actually going to switch it to 99. He's the yeah. anointed one. He's, he's the gonna, Messiah. He's going to go to the Oilers <laughs> and wear number 99. If they don't give it to Luke right. first. That's perfect. That's perfect. I just Eric Lindros did not play for the Maple Leafs barely at all. I don't Even understand. Even if he did, is his number retired? Is his number retired? No. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> so how is he disrespecting him? I'm pretty sure. I, I want to double check this before I say it, but I'll just throw it out there anyway. I'm pretty sure William Nylander has already put up more points with the Maple Leafs than Eric Lindros did. He probably did it on his first shift. Yeah, I said he probably did it in 10 minutes. And I saw Lindros 
tweet about this. Yeah. And yeah, okay, Eric Lindros in his career with Toronto has a levels and eleven assists. Not really number retirement worthy, unless I'm missing something. <laughs> well, to me, uh, this goes back to uh, you know doing the cross sport thing for a second. When T.J. Logan Cardinals came out of North Carolina, um, and he decided to wear Emmett Smith's Cardinals number, I was really offended. Yeah, were you? Yeah. Extremely offended uh, that Emmett Smith's number in a Cardinals red should never be worn again. Eric Lindros, twenty-two points in thirty-three games for the Leafs, eleven and eleven, <laughs> and uh, Nylander has already surpassed that. So really, he should be offended if Lindros is wearing his number. So let's play offensive numbers, Coyotes edition. Here, here are the numbers. Here are the things that offend me. Okay. They should maybe offend you, too. Barrett Hayton has already announced that he will wear number 22, which was already worn by Claude Le- Lemieux. Oh, mm. Didn't Lee Stepniak wear 22, too? He may have, too, but, I mean, Claude Lemieux is a legend. He is a Claude Lemieux is a coyote legend. Wow. Look at all he did for this team. It's true. How dare Barrett Hayton? I have a few others that really bother me. I mean, I, I mean, I'm offended. Phil Kessel is going to wear 81. I mean, is there no sanctity in Marcel Hosa? Thank you, Jamie's favorite. Is there, I had is that there on the list. Did Marcel Hosa, the Marcel Hosa era of like 12 games mean nothing? Nick Schmaltz barely letting the ink dry on the Toby Reader trade, and he claims number eight. Oh, oh wow. Well, to be fair, Toby Reader, if he had 12 more goals next year, we would have been able to retire his number out That's here in Arizona. True. And how do you think Andy Mealy felt when he came back to Arizona finally after all these years and found yeah. that Derek Stepan had taken his number? It's just probably it's betrayed, right. I would say, if I had to pick one word. That's and probably why he came back. Clayton Keller taking Brett Hall's number. Mm. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That number is retired somewhere. Not for Brett Hall. It's just number <laughs> nine is retired somewhere. I have two more that I want to mention. Vinny Inostroza wearing number 13. There were no Coyotes that I can think of that were 13. Anyone notable. But Kurt Warner and Steve Nash, I mean... You're just not in that. It's you're not in that stratosphere, Vinny. You, it is. You really should. That's a great troll by Craig, by the way. Why? <laughs> Can't think of anybody who wore number thirteen for the Coyotes. It's uh, not one is, person. That is a, a sacred so number. A sacred number in. Uh, it's so good in Arizona. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. When it comes to jokes, you're a wizard. Wow. Is that a good thing? And the last one that I want to point out: nobody should wear number one ever again for fear of offending Paris Doofus. Well, that's or Jason Barbara by his by himself. <laughs> I was just offended. Jordan Wheel came in last year and took Martin Uatt's number. I mean, I thought we had a rule: you never mention Martin Uatt's <laughs> name on this podcast. That made that pretty clear from day one. Uatt, episode one. Is that the worst trade deadline trade in Coyotes history? No, they probably had worse ones than that, but yeah, I mean, sure it's worse. I don't, I don't really remember what they gave up for Irat. It was less than what Washington did. That's probably that's all true. I remember. It wasn't Philip. Forsberg. It wasn't Philip Forsberg. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, Ron Francis is going to be the Seattle GM, which is comes as no surprise to anybody who has listened to the Natty Hattie. We we said yeah. this approximately a year ago. When we basically, what were we predicting? Like everybody from Hartford was just going to take oh, over the yeah. Seattle franchise. Dave Tippett was there at the time, and I'm sure Dave Tippett had a major hand in making this happen, even though he won't take credit for it. No. I tried to get him to, but he, he won't say anything. <laughs> Doesn't typically do that. No. Do we, when did, did he we co-sponsor f- the article we just read at the top of the show? Probably not. <laughs> Although I'm sure he would sign off on yes. it if he could get a team to do it. Do we have any idea when they're actually going to name their team? We don't. I mean, I, I know last week we 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 delved into the uh, the website design or whatever. Yeah. But otherwise, no. I have no idea. I'm just tired of calling them the Seattle team, the Sockeyes. 
That's what yeah, their website design looks like. That doesn't look like a metropolitan yeah. or we'll see. emeralds or they Ray Whitney wore number thirteen. By the way, did you want to say that? Did you want to throw that out there? Were you thinking? Oh, that? Was were that, you thinking someone else? Was that who you're talking about? No, I'm, a, I'm not going to troll Ray. I love Ray. Uh, who would ever no, that was that was Ray exactly. Yeah, what I was partially trolling Ray. <laughs> in the hopes that he was listening. But. <laughs> if he's listening, you're going to get suspended. So no. Must be. Yeah, no, love love Ray Whitney. So yes, that was who. Um, <laughs> What uh, you, weren't, you weren't thinking of Peter Holland? Oh God! Hey, I haven't thought about, I haven't Hamilton. About, I Power really play not time. thought about Peter Holland. Daniel Carcillo. Did like Carcillo. Sorry, should I stop now? No, keep going. Actually, I want to. And the guy who should have come here, Tamu Solani. Now there would have been a mm. guy worthy of number thirteen. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of those questions, like what would have happened oh. had Tamu Solani come to the desert? The butterfly effect of Tamu Solani on yeah. the uh, Coyotes. We should do like a a full like audio documentary one time. And just like how different the world would be, like with production and everything, like so a, in like a smoky room and like deep voices. If yeah. Solani comes, are we assuming Ronick does not come? That you have to listen to the show, Craig. Okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? My apologies. Um, I guess. I mean, is is it impossible for Ronick to come if Solani's here? Probably money wise. Yeah. Okay. Well, then there you go. What happens <laughs> to the Ducks Cup? I mean, there's there's a lot to. Where's your duck? Where's your, where's your duck? Where's your cup, duck? Where, huh? Where's your duck? Where's your duck cup? This, this has potential. <laughs> I need to get that duck. We're running out of time. Yeah, you think? Hey, you know what? I don't see either of you providing a duck. I just provide the coffee. Oh, I know. I, I stopped halfway through the sentence because I realized what was going to happen. <laughs> oh, remember when you did show notes? Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, not for this show though. No, I don't. That was cool. What's uh? <laughs> remember when you were with the Beatles? Uh, what's going to happen with Taylor Hall? I don't know. This is fascinating to me. And I, I would imagine that Taylor Hall's representation is looking to see what, what the team does this year, first of all. If they become, I don't want to call them contenders, but well, are your team capable of doing some damage in the playoffs? Maybe he thinks about sticking around. I mean, you're in the New York area, so it's not a bad place to be. Granted, you you don't want to live in Newark, but I'm pretty sure Taylor Hall doesn't live in Newark. Right by the wound care anyway. So yeah, right by the wound care center. I mean, why would you be in any hurry if you're Taylor Hall to sign a deal? You have. I mean, it's great that they got PK Subban and they got another number one pick, but they're not a contender. They're they're a wild card contender, but they're not a cup contender. And just making the playoffs doesn't mean much. If you're a player of Taylor Hall stature at this point in your career, given the path that you have been on since draft day, I imagine being on a team that actually has a legitimate chance to win the cup is a really attractive feature for you right now. Yeah, I don't know. Just making the playoffs is a pretty big deal based on where his career has taken him so far. He's 27 now. Uh, be 28 in November. Um, he'll be a free agent at 28. It's likely his last big deal. It's right. his last big deal. Do you worry about that big deal, depending on the term he's asking for? Is he asking for, for instance, a seven-year deal? Is he asking for six I, if years? I, if I were him, I would ask for a seven-year yeah, deal. I think whether, he's earned the right to ask for that. Yeah, he was, he's an MVP. Look, he's going to have to have a better season this year, Yeah, clearly. I mean, that goes without saying, but goal scorers are hard to come yeah, by. We've seen I mean, if, JVR, games, so. if JVR was worth $7 million a year for all that time on the <sighs> well, open market. Philadelphia. But some Overpaid two years straight. But somebody will... Well, he could be the guy they overpay next year. The question is, is does he take the most money or does he go to a best situation? Because I'm not sure there are going to be a lot of cup contending teams, depending on the lockout situation, all the other fun stuff, that are going to be able to pay eight, nine plus million dollars a year. My bet's on money. Yeah. Let's play I this usually game. bet on money. Let's go, let's <laughs> go with uh, pick two teams you don't want Taylor Hall to sign with. I'll go first. Toronto and Dallas, because they always sign everyone. 
Yeah, and Dallas never does yeah. anything with it. No. They well, don't. I, I can't see how. Even Toronto might not be able to maneuver that. You don't think they're going to raise the cap by $11 million for like three minutes next year just so they can sign what Taylor if Colorado Hall? waits and signs him? That no, could be that'd interesting. be interesting. Uh, by the way, which is another good point, which I've brought up on the show before. Oh, of, wow, just referencing your previous, <laughs> quote, good points, unquote. That you don't, all, just because you have cap money doesn't mean it necessarily just goes away in the future years. If you don't sign multi-year deals, you can then spend that money again next year. Yep. Wait, I'm trying to just figure out who Ottawa could uh, take off Toronto's hands next year so that they could sign Taylor Hall. It'd have to be like a package deal. I don't know. Ottawa. Edmonton could use Taylor Hall. Yeah. They could. He's no possession monster. I guess what Ottawa would have to do is they'd have to give they up Brady give him Kachuk. Cody give him Zaitsev. Like <laughs> they'd have to give him Brady Kachuk because he doesn't really make anything. And they would, yeah, they'd have to take Cody Cece back to free up some money. Uh, that's going to be tough. You're right. It's going to be tough for Toronto to pull this off. Maybe they could just take. Maybe Ottawa could take on half of John Tavares's contract, even though he's not on their team. What's Taylor all going to make on the open market? Uh, assuming he has just a halfway decent season, I imagine it's going to be ten. Would you rather have Taylor Hall or Mitch Marner? Not take age out of it, but just well, I can't take. How age can I take of it? age out of it? Marner, why, why would I take age? No, out of it? I take Marner because of age. Yes. Okay. Both just completely disrespected the one rule I threw out. There. If they were both twenty three. That's not the question either. I'm okay. just saying well, for I've, next season. Well, you haven't let me finish the question. Mitch Marner. For Going next into next season, would you, if you're a contender, would you rather have Taylor Hall or Mitch Marner? Mitch Marner. Okay. Yeah, I take Marner at this point. Too. Okay. So not because you're going to have him longer. I'm just saying for the 2020, yes. yeah, 2021 season. I can't get season. that out of my head. Sorry. <laughs> I know I'm going to have him for longer. <laughs> no, 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 yes. That's why. <laughs> if, if I had to sign the ball to a one-year deal today, I would still sign Mitch Marner. Okay. A one-year deal. Yes. That's, maybe I should have asked the question that way. Okay. A one-year deal. Yes, I'd still take Mitch Marner. Again, our comments on Mitch Marner, not that we don't think he's a great player. What just not is the sky Matthews. in this world where Mitch Marner and Taylor Hall sign one-year deals? Whatever the Toronto Maple Leafs tell it, okay. us it needs to be. Okay. Some weird capsule convention. It's a one-year, oh, look, I $35 million dollar deal. Note off my yeah. show notes because we already got it out of the way. No, we have more Blackhawks stuff for to that. talk about. I'd don't rather not. That. Okay. Um, so what? We just we think he's... I think New Jersey is actually building a half-decent team. Sure. And I think there's a chance he could stay there. And but they have cap space. Good chance that he doesn't. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, getting PK super, again, you got you got Heeshear, you got Hughes, you got PK. That's a great, great start. And that's what you should do to try to do everything you can to keep Taylor Hall. But would you want this guy if you're the Coyotes? Would yeah. you want Taylor Hall? Yes. yes. At that price. What, $10 million a year? Yeah. Yes. Y- yes. Hopefully not for seven years, but yes. I would absolutely. Five? Uh, Taylor Hall just sure. won the MVP. Yeah. He shouldn't have, but he, he should have yeah. finished second. He, he still won the MVP. He can score. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's what's he has to be up around 30-plus goals a couple times at this point. Mm-hmm. And he really has never mm-hmm. played with anyone except he had like a – did he have any overlap? <sighs> yeah. He's actually only top 30 I goals feel like once, he, his MVP yeah. season. But, but he mostly was playing with like Nugent Hopkins and – 27 goals, 26 goals, 27 goals. Those are years in Edmonton, 39. Of course, he only played 33 games last year. Yeah. that I mean, The year he won the MVP, part of the reason that everybody pointed to for him winning it is because literally nobody else in New Jersey had any points. No. It yeah. was the, the, the disparity. Yeah. yeah, I think there was very brief McDavid overlap, but... And she really saw that and was like, we can't have this. But yeah, like it's... He's a you know problem in the locker room. Bad in the room. Oh, is he? Apparently. Remember he took the skate to the head in warm-ups? Yeah. yeah I don't want to... Was... Oh, remember the stitches? No. Yeah. yeah. Plus, if, if you sign him, you get the first overall pick the next True. year. So that's that's like a little extra bonus there. True. Although if he does go... Play... in the lottery, somehow it works that yeah, way. Why not? 
Also, if he does go play in Dallas, and since they sign every free agent, I winger, we, we, we get to do the Taylor Tyler thing all over again, yeah. but just on the same line. I, this is where they're like this black hole that just sucks away players I want to watch play hockey, like Joe Pavelski. He's basically just gone now for next season. <laughs> it is. It so is kind of true. Yeah. Okay. It is kind of true. It is. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah, they're not a contender. No, just, they're they're just, good enough to make the playoffs, sure. and you never you never see them. But yeah. to be fair, if they take a playoff spot away from Minnesota, which is what they did this year, it's all worth it. I'd much rather watch Dallas than Minnesota. Yeah. Again, they're both. I mean, those 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 bars are buried underground for both of them. But at least they're not Minnesota. You weren't singing that tune though back when Dallas was going seven games in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs this past year, and I was the only one it watching was them. Still better than Minnesota being there. That, that, that <laughs> we won't have to worry about that next year. Uh, I want to get into this athletic story on contract efficiency. Sure. Okay. Well, I guess I will just take you guys down this path. <laughs> so they went through, and I'm not going to explain all the uh Can you explain the model? Metrics. Can you yeah. just get behind the model? Sure. Like the entire methodology. Yeah, okay. They took numbers, and they so far? said some are good and some are bad. <laughs> That's where we're at. They're color-coded. They did go through every team and every player on every team. And what they're basically just trying to, they're basically telling you which teams are spending their money the best way. That's the English. But yeah, based, based on, on the model. model. And that's, yeah. that's a point that I, I want to make because Dom Lashushin writes for the same company I do. And, and if you talk to Dom, you'll, you'll understand that this is based on his model, the model that, that he created. He's not saying this is gospel. And he is, he is certainly aware that there, there's margin for error within the model he created. There may be flaws. But based on his model, this is what he's seeing. And then you, you argue through that lens what you're seeing. So this isn't gospel because I feel like no, some people I mean, are No, I mean, Tom's not that it. kind of guy. He's, okay. not, he's not someone who's going to tell you this, this is the way it is. But this is, this is the model he created to, to measure what he wanted to measure. Craig and I were talking about this while Jamie was late. Um, it, it's, it's a good article for conversation. Yes, exactly. But it's not, it's not meant to be like, oh, my team is 23rd on this list. That means they're terrible. It's horrible, right. And uh, I believe Pittsburgh is 7th on this list. Oh, like, you want to talk about the Penguins? No, I don't. Okay. It's not until I get my duck. That'll never happen. He does detail in here, though, that the, he actually has the Penguins fairly high up on the list, uh, but then points out that they have made some horrendous moves in the last couple of years, all self-inflicted, not moves they had to make. You know, it's not like it's not like Pittsburgh has had to get rid of good players because they were up against the cap. It's just Jim Rutherford deciding uh, nobody else wants Jack Johnson, so I'll grossly overpay him, and nobody else wants Eric Goodbranson, and nobody else would they give Jack Johnson a solid D. Nobody wants Brandon Tanev. Brandon Tanev. Yeah, have Galchenyuk as a C. I don't. That seems. That seems a little harsh. Of those four players that he has down that range, I would. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's just he's saying that for next season that he doesn't believe that it's worth the yeah. four point, and the model doesn't believe that it's worth four point nine million. Is there any in way, the any way, Alex Galchenyuk is on the Penguins in two years? Mm, probably he, not. Either no. he's not good enough. Or he's too good and they can't afford him. Right. Although, again, I'll go back. Did I say this on the air last week? They're paying Brandon Tanev. Or did I say this off the air? That I, I think for a long time, only six years. I, I need someone to make a bet with me because I think Alex Galchenyuk is within five goals of Phil Kessel next year. Ooh, because he plays with Evgeny Malkin. Yes, mm. and he because didn't say Phil Kessel doesn't. He didn't Phil say Kessel that on has how many goals next year. I have him down for like twenty-five, twenty-six. So you only have Galchenyuk for twenty-one. I think Galchenyuk could score more. But, I, I mean, I'd be willing to take that one for one if somebody wants to do like I think that's what you said off the air. You said I, I do a one for one Kessel. on that. Obviously, I'm, I'm more worried about Gautrenic getting hurt than I am about Phil Kessel getting hurt. That would be the concern. But 
you want to do like goals per game? So assuming they both play at least, I don't know, like seventy. Yeah, something like that where they play most of the season. Okay, so here's the parameters. They both play at least seventy games. You're saying Galchenyuk uh, I say Galchenyuk is even or more than Kessel in goals is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. You can take this bet with a listener? Somebody. Is that the plan? Okay. I don't know. Okay. I mean he does have a I got a bit of playing with a really good set yes, that, that matters. Yes. And we I don't th- know what Nick Schmaltz is or if Kessel's even going to play with Schmaltz. It's going to be tried at some point, but he may, you know, he may end up with Derek Stepan. Yeah, I mean, and again, it goes back to the point I made last week. I'm, I'm not, this is not an anti-Phil Kessel thing. He's obviously, I'm just saying you, there's an adjustment that needs to be made when you're playing with a different system, a different team, and different line mates. And to expect him, to, his numbers to go up by playing with Schmaltz or Stepan or Dvorak versus playing with Evgeny Malkin and playing on a power play with Evgeny Malkin and Latang and Crosby and Gensel. There's going to be a difference in talent level around him. So getting back to the Penguins' efficiency rating. Can I read? Does this make you feel good? No. I want to read this specific paragraph. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's better. It's better. It's like a, it's like a holdover duck. It's like a bridge duck. Yeah, a, bridge, a bridge deal duck? Bridge deal duck. Um, that's the name. <laughs> bridge deal ducks. Bridge deal ducks. Here, here's the... It, this, I just want to read this paragraph, okay? It just It'll be cathartic to me. Okay. For the Penguins, those problems have all come about recently. Last summer, they signed Jack Johnson to a ludicrous contract he doesn't deserve. Won my model rates as the 16th worst in hockey. This summer, they learned nothing by signing Brandon Tanev, a third liner at best, to an overpriced six-year deal. And to top things off, they traded for their next two worst contracts in Eric Goodbranson and Alex Galchenyuk. In those four players, the Penguins are spending $15.7 million next season to likely subtract .4 wins from their bottom line. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think Galchenyuk should be in that. I don't either. That, tan, that, that group no, um, no. with Tanev and company. Alex I also don't think skate. I also I need some more explanation on the Patrick Hornquist uh, being a good deal at that price right now. Um, like Patrick Hornquist has been. I know he had a good year a few years back, but like I don't know. My God, the Penguins are going to trade for Lucic, aren't they? They're going to find a way. I hope so. That's just totally seems. I, so. I will tell you this: if the Penguins trade for Milan Lucic, we are going to need a live oh, duck in the it. studio, not a toy, an actual duck. I almost need the Seabrook for Lucic trade too, just to I see. I so want to see it now. It's. it's the, I don't even it's know what I think about. First it. thing that I want to see. That seems like the sort. Of, it doesn't. It seem like Rutherford is making stupid deals just out of stubbornness because he knows everybody hates them before they happen. He's like, I'm going to make this deal, and we're still going to win just to prove you wrong. Pretty sure that's not why he's making them. But. <laughs> well, then why is he making them? Because that's as logical of an explanation <laughs> as any of them. I mean, I could see a scenario where Seabrook. <laughs> you, you haven't proved me wrong yet, Craig. <laughs> Seabrook uh, and Lucic in a three-team deal where both of them go to the oh, Penguins somehow. Who's the third player? And the Pittsburgh gives a good player I to do. Chicago and well, Edmonton. No, or like Nashville, David Poyle. Well, no, they, somebody really no, they, and they both trade a good player to Toronto. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. yeah. And the they, worst case scenario. And retain some salary. So yeah, Dreisaitl to Toronto. Yeah, Dreisaitl and Debrinkit to Toronto. <laughs> That's a league quack right there. That's for everybody. Yeah, you know, we don't have any drops, so i got to come up with the makeshift stuff. How dare you. We have drops. I just don't know where yeah. they are. So, so on the Coyote side of things. Yes. Um, they didn't rate very well. No, they got a C-. minus. They gave the Penguins a B, by the way. Yeah. Despite all their self-inflicted damage in the well, last because, two well, years. Well, to be fair, you still have Sidney Where Cross was Toronto ranked? Walking. Just out of... It's like one or two, I actually know it? the answer to this. this is a rhetorical question, <laughs> oh, but I just want you to okay. say it. They were in the top five. I don't oh, know they really? They were yeah, one or okay. two, I thought. Mm. Like Carolina, I think, was one and Vegas was two. Is that right? Yeah, Vegas was hot. Vegas has done a... I didn't need to go back into how good of a job they've done since they've come into the league. But not a lot of positive things 
for said here about the Coyotes, particularly about their captain, Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, he has as the, the worst value deal on the team as a solid D. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> Sorry. So it just isn't. The explanation here, again, I think this is where... Um, he doesn't drive play? Yeah. I, I mean, it, Yes, he does. He, he does. The numbers, the other, the metrics say he does. My eye, the eye test says he does. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I would like to know what it, what is being looked at with him in this model that is determining that he doesn't drive play. Why didn't they put Jack Johnson under dead money? They just left it blank for the Penguins. That's weird. Uh, just dead? Just dead money. Like they have just a spot. Dead. Like I the mean, Coyotes why, are. Why mention the money? Are one point nine million uh, of Jack dead Johnson money. might as well be dead. Uh, there, there was not a fast game. He, well, could he be any worse if he was? Just okay. Weekend at Bernie's. On, on, I on hope the he's point. hoisting the cup. <laughs> dead Bernie's. Yes. On the Automated. point. Uh, I'm not mad at Jack control. Johnson. I'm mad at Jim Rutherford. I just want that no. You know, look, Jack Johnson deserves to get every penny after what he's been through. Yes, in his, in his life, True. it just doesn't. He have deserves to come every from penny he can get, but yeah. it's still a terrible deal to have. The, the, the also line at the end of the Coyotes one that I want to talk about is, and it goes back to the Oliver Ekman Larson point somewhat. Is in fact the Coyotes have the second highest defense payroll, but are nowhere close to earning on ice value commensurate of that or commensurate of that. Really. Do you not feel there's they are one of the better defensive, defensive teams, teams in the yes. league? It felt like this was weighted too much toward offensive numbers. And and listen, it, there's an argument to be made that the Coyotes blue line needs to produce more offensively. They do. Yes. You got guys like Alex Goligoski and Jacob Chikrin who need to take a step up and and Oliver needs to produce a little more in terms of points, but you need the forwards around you to do that. You need the guys who are going to produce offense from the forward lines as well, and they've got they've they've gotten better at that. Nick Schmaltz simply being in the lineup will help. Phil Kessel will help. Hopefully, Clayton Keller takes another step forward, and that helps. So we'll see how it all pans out, and then you hope for progression from guys like Christian Dvorak and Christian Fisher, and you know whoever else you want to talk about. Well, I, here. I mean, and even progression on the blue line from Chikrin. And yeah, like, yeah, w- yeah. One of the things to me that was interesting is obviously his model is really high on Chikrin, both next year and in the future. But to me, where we talk about it being weighted a little bit too heavily on offense, at least in my perception, is that you look at the deal for next year. They have Nick Jarmusson at $5 million in the red and Jacob Chikrin at four point six in the blue. I don't understand that. Nick Jarmusson was the, the most a consistent vastly on the team. better hockey player. He's the only play, player on their blue line that was consistent from start to finish last season, in my opinion. He, I mean, he had a little down period, but... He he. If you talk to the coaching staff too, they'll tell you he was their most consistent defenseman last season. So yeah, I, I think this is far too weighted toward offensive numbers and, and maybe age. And, I mean, maybe there's some age regression that's being worked into. Jarmuson doesn't number, have much time left on his contract, so I don't know. I just, I, I to me, I, I don't understand that. And and I saw somebody, somebody, one of our uh, readers or listeners asked Dom about the blue line in particular and 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 their impact on the Coyotes' defensive numbers. And Don thought it was more a product of the goaltending. To me, that's not the case at all with this team. We've watched two goaltenders back-to-back years put up incredible numbers. Mm -hmm. I think that's a product of the system they play. And the blue line, as Rick Tockett will tell you, is the heartbeat of this team. They are a very structured, really good defensive team in their own end. Defending the rush, they could get a little better, but they're a really good defensive team. And that starts with the blue line, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree completely that... Antivanta might be a player that that elite talent level. I don't think we know yet. We need a bigger sample size. I don't think Darcy Kemper is that player. I know he has a really decent run with L.A. for a half season, but he was a bad backup goaltender in Minnesota. There's a reason they brought the entire defense back. I mean, they traded Connaughton ultimately, but they had brought everybody else back. Yeah. It's 
I, this to me feels like like I'm reading this article and looking at these numbers, and it's just it would be difficult. This would be a huge undertaking because you have to essentially be very knowledgeable about every player in the league. But you're also you're also again you're beholden to the model you've created, yeah. right? Yeah. So remember that you can't really make adjustments. You you if you believe in the model, you got to go with what yes what but the I, results are. I just don't know how you can watch a Coyotes game and think that Oliver Ekman Larson is a bad contract when he's pretty clearly the best player on the ice. Nine out of ten. Nights. Second half of the season, he was elite, without yes. question. But he doesn't need to produce consistently more points than he does. I think with the changes they have, he has a good chance to do that. He needs to be a guy who's fifty plus points, right? And I think that's yeah. considered in that category. And I think that's maybe what the argument is. And if you look at the defensemen in the league that are making eight plus million, a lot of them are extremely offensively inclined, even so so much that it it's a detriment on defense. So I think that might be a flaw there. But the other one that's interesting, and you can't—I know you can't account for this. Well, here, hold on. Just for reference, Brent Burns, John Carlson, PK Subban, Drew Doughty, and Eric Carlson are the guys making eight or more Which per year. All, all offensively with putting OEL. up numbers significantly yeah. higher than Alvarokman Larson. So yeah. I understand that. Um, there, the other thing that again it can, cannot be accounted for in these in these metrics, and I and I understand why because it, it sometimes will change year to year, and sometimes it's fairly unquantifiable. But at least in my perception. Because the other one, another defenseman on here that has negative is Jason Demers. And obviously he's dealt with some injury issues. Oliver Ekman Larson played significantly better with yes. Jason Demers as his partner no than question. anybody else on the team. And to me, if you can get your best player on your team to play better by having a, another pairing that's a, at under $4 million, that is worth it to me. Because it's not like Jason Demers is a bad player. He's I, a pretty decent player, yeah. and he makes your best player better. And I would say this too. I mean, OEL has... He's double-digit goals each of the last six years, and he's he had a 39-point season in 2016-17, but every other year he's been 42 or more points and then up to 55. Look, that's not elite numbers, but that is pretty consistently you're getting goals, typically a lot of game-winning goals in there. He has the most game-winning goals by a defenseman since he came into the league, and... Again, I don't know that you would know this without watching this team, and I'm sure every team has nuances like this except the Oilers, but a guy like... The whole team took so long to get comfortable within Rick Tockett's system to start two seasons ago. I don't know. I just I would expect if you told me right now OEL had forty four points last year without Jason Demers and guys still learning that system and told me I have to take the over or the under on forty four points. Right. I'm pretty confidently taking the over. Yeah, there's there are a lot of variables that don't factor into this model. I, I agree. It's 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 and this is the problem sometimes with these models, right? It's I mean, I couldn't. They're inexact, and Dom will tell you that. I'm, I'm, yeah. Again, this is not a criticism. He will tell you that. But yeah, I, 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 I don't think that this is a, a dead-on hit with the Coyotes. And then the other thing that he mentions in this is the contracts of uh, Christian Dvorak and Nick Schmaltz as being. He doesn't see the upside to those guys. When I look at the numbers, the the cap hits for those guys. They have cap hits of number two and number three centers. That's where they're slotted. That's where how they're paid in, in in three years for those contracts that have significant term. Those numbers are going to look even lower. So yes, these guys have to realize some potential, and that is in fact what John Chaika is betting on. So if they take another step up offensively, I think those those contracts could look really good for the Coyotes. We don't see a ton of these deals in the NHL. I think we'll maybe start to see a little bit more. These remind me more like baseball deals where you start to overpay what you would need to because of the team control that you have early on because you're hoping to save a boatload of money down the line. And like the the Houston Astros model or what the Braves did with with like Acuña where you're you're overpaying what you need to now. You can sign them on really cheap deals now, but 
if you do this longer term, you quote unquote overpay for what you would have had to have paid in the first couple of years that you could save four, five, even maybe more million dollars per year down the road. And oh. that's what the gamble is here that Chica is making. With How these widespread is that in baseball? Pretty significant. Okay. I mean, we saw it with Jose Altuve. We just saw it this year with Ronald Acuna. Saw it with Scott Kingery last year. I mean, we are seeing more teams that are... Now, baseball, you have so many years of control. Because sure. you have three renewable years, then arbitration years. And so, I mean, you have like six full years of control. Sometimes almost seven with the way they mess with uh, you know player uptime. But on those deals, they can sign guys like on a renewable deal. They can mm-hmm. sign these guys for like a million dollars a year yeah. or less than that. And so teams are going higher than that early on. It's not quite the same with RFAs. RFAs are starting to get paid now, especially the elite ones. But that's what, the, that's what this deal is. That they, Nick Schmaltz and Christian Dvorak are probably not going to give you $10.5 million of value next year. But they might give you $20 million of value three years from now. But they're still only going to be getting ten and a half million dollars of cap space. Mm-hmm. Chica has said, and I that's mean, the risk all along, that he he doesn't want to pay for past production. Right. And he he's, he's said that there's risk involved here, but that is exactly what he's banking on his future performance, uh, per, uh, you know, improvement from these players. And it's interesting you bring up the baseball model, and I don't want to say that this is gospel because I asked, haven't asked him specifically about this, but I know they take a look. They're they're very cognizant of what is happening in other sports, and they try and learn that, as you noted, yeah. you can't apply – it's not apples to apples. Yeah. There are differences, variances between the sports, but they pay close attention to what other sports are doing, and there's something to be learned from other yeah. sports. Uh, Detroit and L.A., two worst uh, teams on this list. Sound about Sounds right? Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see what he gave Castle. Castle's deal is a B-minus. The best contract, according to him, on the Coyotes is Connor Garland. Vinny Hinnestrosa, too. Yeah. Good old number 13. I mean, we'll see. There's just not enough body of evidence to, to say. But you're right, though. I mean, he's he's the three players he is the most harsh on on the Coyotes are Schmaltz, Dvorak, and OEL. Yep. And, well, and they're the longest term. Yeah. Aside and, from Chikrin. And Dvorak and Schmaltz have a lot. I mean, OEL does, too, this year, I guess, to prove. But Oliver's already proven that he can be a borderline elite defenseman in this league, yep. even if he didn't have that season all of last year. We really haven't seen it from Schmaltz or Dvorak yet because they're so early in their careers. And if OEL stays in the 40-some point range, you could make the argument that he's maybe making a little too much money for his production level. I think OEL also is probably a culture-setting contract. He's he's the, the guy that they needed to resign to say, yeah. we're committed here. Look, this guy who... Let's face it, a lot of teams would have been in pursuit of him if he had become a free agent. They needed to keep him to say, mm-hmm. we are a serious destination here. This is going to help our culture and our organization going forward if a guy like this is willing to sign a long-term contract What do you th- here. think he would make if he was just a, a UFA tomorrow? He's going to make he more make, than 8.3. He would. Yeah. He would. Because that's the open market is crazy, yeah, as yeah. we've seen. And I think we still haven't fully adjusted what our expectations are for that top-level defenseman. Like the, the players that you read, because of their offensive production, we have changed how we view these type of deals. We don't truly have an elite two-way player, or many of those, around to compare him to. And he's not that quite yet. He's got that potential. He's got to show it for a full season. And maybe this will be the opportunity for him, but we don't have that model yet. Because all of the top defensemen that are paid like that are guys that are flirting with point-per-game totals. Uh, we've got 9,000 listener questions again, so I want to run through this list. Uh, and, we're, we're, which list? The top 10 UFAs that are still out there, unless you okay. have more on, on this that no, you want to talk fine. about. Okay. Uh, did they say who the worst contract in hockey is on here? They are, they've 
mentioned Seabrook, but not in this article, right? No, there was a previous one. I think it was Seabrook. Was okay. it? I'm trying to remember now. Was it by Dom too? It was by okay. Dom. Yeah. So it was kind of a lead up to this story, where he went through the. the I what think it was the 15. I want to see if I could contracts. find any Fs on here. Did you? Because there's a D, Drew Doughty's a D minus, by the way. As I'm looking. So maybe here. this is skewed a little too much to offense. I mean, just because the guys that we're we're seeing below. Brent Seabrook's a D minus. Well, that's probably too high. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going through to see if there's any. Well, Lucic. I mean, you may as well look at Lucic and Seabrook. Those are probably the two worst. He didn't give the uh, Jack Johnson contract an F, so I'm guessing he's not giving anybody an F. The uh, list of UFAs that are still out there. Brent Seabrook is number one, by the way, on Dom's list. Nice. No doubt he's number two. Do you have the bell over there for, mm-hmm. for Brent? I feel like Brent earned a bell. It almost feels like overkill with Brent. Lucic also a D minus. Brent Seabrook should have to wear a cowbell while he plays this year. Agree. That would be. But we don't want to slow him down anymore. (laughs) A tiny cowbell. Uh, Okay, so the list of of the the main UFAs that are still out there. Jake Gardner? I'm a little surprised by that one. What's going on? I don't know. If he shot the other way, he would have been signed. Yeah, is it really that simple? Just learn how to shoot right handed then, I guess. Uh, Joe Thornton just kind of hanging out too. I, I'm sure he's trying to kind of decide Dallas. Yeah. Oh, by the way, another point no. to your overthinking on offense: Mark Edward Vlasic D minus. So every defensive defenseman is getting is getting a hit. It, so I think that if you're looking for a potential flaw in the model or a potential yeah. reason why that's happening, that would be one for me. Yeah, Vlasic didn't have a great season, but he came on late. So yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, those, also, is, Mart Hansel's only a C minus. So let let that sink in. Wait. He's not playing anymore. No. Um, I'm just looking at this list of UFAs that are still available. Any value? For <laughs> no. <laughs> the ones that stand out: Jason Pominville. Do you have any interest in him? He's 36, uh, isn't he? No. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any interest in Derek Broussard? No. Not after the way he's performed the last he's year. He's declined so. dramatically. Yeah, I don't. I could buy into the whole Derek Broussard just was a bad fit and has bounced around too much. Not like I would pay a ton of money for him. Yeah. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have him as my third-line center if I was in need of a third-line center. Yeah. Well, what are you basing it on? Just what The way he he's played recently? I know, but that's what I'm saying. He just bounced from Pittsburgh to Colorado to Florida. In well, he's going to bounce to another team if he signs somewhere else. So, I, I don't know. Like, But Florida was always trying to get rid of him. He wasn't a good fit in Pittsburgh because he was playing so far down the lineup. I mean, I'm not paying him a lot of money, but if you're telling me, if you're asking me which UFAs are out there that still interest me... Gardner, obviously. Yeah. Thornton. I mean, and Broussard Brass- would be third on my list. Broussard wants like $4 million a year. Like, uh, Sure, if he wants to sign a $1 million, a one-by-one, one, there's almost nobody in the league I wouldn't sign for a one-by-one. One, well, then it needs to be somewhere between there, because I think Broussard still has value, but I wouldn't pay him $4 million I, I, a year. To me, that is your option, like, seven. If you missed out on your first six, then like, all right, we'll settle for Broussard. I don't know. I just, I don't know if he has but much But not left. option seven of what's still out there, right? You're no, saying. I mean, option seven of like what your internal plans were when the oh, offseason okay. began. But I'm just looking at what's still out there. He would be option like two. It's not, not a high bar. Uh, there's not really much else out here. No, like Pat Maroon, whatever. Mm. Pat Maroon could be okay if you put superstars around him, but if you put superstars around him, why would Pat Maroon be on that line? I mean, that's reality. <laughs> but yeah, yeah he was okay him. when he played with Connor McDavid. You're not, you're so not accounting for the fear factor. And that's no, that's the true. <laughs> that's going to be the name of the podcast, actually. All right, want to get into questions here? <sighs> there are many. Sure. Uh, start with Greg. 
This is the Greg who once made us the Natty Hattie bingo card, so he always moved to the top of the line. I noticed you're wearing your Kachina hat, by the way, today. Oh. Kachina Saturdays are back, you know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of people that want uh, the Coyotes to wear the Kachinas full-time, including Vinny Henestrosa, apparently. Really? Yeah. They should, good. Oh. What do you think of this idea? Home Kachina jerseys away the Coyote logo that they have. Huh? Uh, That's radical. It's radical. It's getting a little too NBA on me where each quarter you switch jerseys. I think you need to think outside the box if you're the Arizona Coyotes. Here, I've got one you can think outside the box. Why doesn't the NHL go back to where the home team wears white and the road team wears colors? They're not going to do that. Why? I don't know. Why? I hate it so much. It is is the thing I hate the most. I don't care that much, to be honest with you. As somebody that goes to every game, when every road team looks like the exact same team because they all come in wearing white. I care. I don't care. Every but home matchup is Coyotes red or Kachina what, versus white. Whatever it is, it just needs to be consistent because I don't like it in the NFL when I have to remember that like it's Washington, Dallas. I agree. And like uh, Miami. Like there are like four teams that do home whites and, no, uh, and nobody else does. Yeah, but think about it. The NFL isn't consistent. The NBA, they honestly, each team has like nine different uniforms they wear, so it doesn't it doesn't signify who's home or away. In baseball, who cares? I mean, you're wearing white or gray. Like, yeah, you're wearing, you can yeah, really tell. white, gray. So Maybe the, you have pinstripes. The one sport where the jerseys look definitively different, yeah. it's backwards for no conceivable reason. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's so you want to see all the different road jerseys too come in? What's minutes? the point of having the road the, of the colorful jersey if yeah. the only people that ever see it are the home fan base? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, it's not just fair. It's 100 percent right. It's, I mean, this is interesting. <laughs> well, uh, all right then. Uh, okay. Here's Greg. Did yeah. Luke get a squeaky penguin yet? No, but I love that. That's a question. Where's your duck? Is your duck? And any truth to a rumor floated about a Jeff Carter for Goligoski swap? Uh, no. Doesn't seem to make much sense glad for you, both sides. Glad you brought that up because, yeah, no. <laughs> I would no. do it just to keep Jeff Carter off the ice against the Coyotes. There's, there's, yeah, we're hearing a, I've seen, you know, this is the time of year where you hear all these rumors. Right. Uh, Alex Golgoski's on the move for Jeff Carter. No, that's that's not the case. Aiden Hill is is on the market because he's unsigned as an RFA. No, that's not the case. Yes, this is the conjecture time of year. Yes. Uh, Coach East Jack, did you know the Great Bustard is the heaviest flighted bird in existence? I didn't know the I Great Bustard was even a bird. But now you know. Now it I sounds know. Like, is that, is that going to be your squeaky toy? It sounds like a mustard company. Can we look up the Great Bustard? I'm going to look up I don't know that I would randomly look up words I don't know on great the Great Bustard photo. Wow. The Great Bustard is uh, an interesting looking bird. Uh, Rose writes in, when do you all start with season previews again? I don't know. Eventually. Rose, Soon. Uh, I'd like to thank you for reminding us that we actually do that on an annual basis because we should probably start it in early August. So, in fact, we will. Next week, we'll do our all Natty Hattie team, and in August, we'll try to start our previews. Us saying That's we're bold gonna, of Craig, is yeah. assuming that we're going to get our all Natty Hattie team Us together. saying we're going to do the all Natty Hattie team homework out for you now. next week. That's like the Coyotes Same. back in the day when there was like, oh, just two weeks. Two That's, weeks? Yeah. Two weeks. What? That's right. Two weeks. We'll start our previews. Yeah. Two Speaking weeks. of two weeks, there's we a promise. about that. <laughs> We promise. Uh, Loyal Sif, with the addition of Phil, what do you guys think is the biggest weakness on this team? Now, I, first of all, I like that we have a player on the team who just can go by his first name. Phil. Yeah, Phil. I would still say a true Scoring number one winner. center. Well, number Ooh. one center forever. A true number one center. Yeah. An elite number one center. Do you consider that a weakness, though, or just something you would like to have? O- only if you want to win a cup. <laughs> okay. Okay, well... <laughs> But how about is, based is, on the question is, he asked? Who is St. Louis's elite number one center? Ryan O'Reilly. You think he is that? I believe that, yeah. yes. I, I believe mean, he's, he's not 
McDavid, but he's at the, he's at the bottom of the top tier. He he stepped into that. He was incredible last yeah. year. All right, so back to the question that, that he actually asked. Not having a number one center isn't really a weakness. It is a if well, you it is a weakness it is. if you want to win a cup. Isn't, what's the point of this? What's the point of playing these games for fun? I guess I would <laughs> I would say scoring is a bigger Scor- weakness than the Coyotes. The Coyotes can get by without a number one center. If you told me right now I could get Ryan O'Reilly or I could get. I don't know Jeff Skinner no, from last this season. Is, this is a dumb. Okay, I would take Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, no kidding. If you're telling me I could have Sidney Crosby so, or Taylor Hall, I'd take Sidney Crosby. So, but wouldn't that make number one center a bigger need than a forty goal scorer? Yeah, need not weakness. Weakness is the Coyotes. I think it's a weakness because you don't have it. <laughs> There's like eight in the league. Okay. Those teams tend to win cups. All right. I'm sorry. Are we just here to have fun, or are we Please here to keep, win a cup? Keep going. Hostility sells. Well, I want to answer his actual question. Yes, number two well, would be would be additional scoring. I just I don't see not having a truly. It's like Kessel, Schmaltz is going to be in the lineup. You're going to get more offense there. They're hoping for progression but, but for some other guys. If, if Schmaltz so. isn't the true number one center, what's the point of having him in the league? According to Jamie's that's logic, not, that's not what I said at all. <laughs> I'm saying if you don't have number one center, going to add more scoring. What's the last cup can, team to win a cup without number one center? Assuming health, this team do, will score do more you goals win or than they did last year. Do you want to make year? the playoffs? Do you think the Coyotes are winning the cup this year? No. And I don't think they will win a cup until they get somebody that plays at that kind of level. And the, the question's about the Coyotes. What yeah. is the biggest weakness on this yes. team right now? On this now? team, and, and what? Their pursuit of winning a cup at some point. All right. Or right. we're, just, we're just cool with them being a wildcard team and losing in six games. Like, uh, I guess. Uh, Los Coyotes, Steve, is it playoffs or bust for Chica? What is an appropriate level of expectation for Soderstrom next year in the SHL? Triple the points in a strong performance at World Juniors? Wow. That's- uh, let's start with the Soderstrom one. Uh, that's a big assumption that he's actually going to be in the SHL next season versus the AHL. They haven't made that decision yet. They'll make that decision in camp. But yes, he's going to be. A, in fact, I just talked to his coach, Magnus Sundquist, who really wants him to come back and play there. If I wanted said, to read about that, is that possible? You can find it on The Athletic. Do you um, think they have a preference between AHL and SHL for the Coyotes? Like going uh, I, into camp? I don't think they have a sense of it yet. Okay. I think they want to see... I think they're happy with either situation because he's playing against men in the mm-hmm. SHL. And he's going to be in a, a top pair power play. He's going to play in all situations there. Uh, his coach in, with Breen has told me that. And he really wants him back, and he thinks it would be better for his development. But, of course, he of course also he wants does. him back. So, <laughs> Of course he does. The Coyotes will have uh, the greater say in that. But And then getting to the uh, first question, is it playoffs or bus for Chaika? It's an interesting question because you never know what new ownership will bring. John Chaika has made a lot of moves in the past calendar year, and I, I wrote this story for The Athletic last year that his moves over the past year or so will define his tenure. Now, if some of the moves that he makes don't pan out this season, if this is not a playoff team this season, I don't know how Alex Morello is going to view this team. I don't know what they're going to think at that point. Rick Tockett keeps pounding the, the you know the drum saying we can't take a step back. Well, if you don't make the playoffs, in my opinion, you've taken a step back. At this point, you need to push through and get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the wild card here is new ownership and and do they typically when you bring in management at that level, they want to bring in their own guys. My, my he's not a hockey guy. That so. is true. But who is he talking to? Right. Who who does he trust and what who is in his ear on right. these conversations? And we've already discussed that around the league, John Chiker doesn't always get the most favorable reviews. Now, my my assumption is taking that part out of the equation that it would be more of a playoffs or hot seat than playoffs or bust for John Chika. I, I think there's a little bit longer of a leash if it's purely for hockey reasons and not because of new management reasons. Yeah. But they do need to make the postseason in the next year or two or else 
I mean, I there is only this year. I really do, Jamie. I, yeah, I think with all that they've done, they need to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, Not to mention, you're, you're talking about the team's future, right? You're trying to get an arena built still. If they're not a playoff team again next year, what sort of momentum do they have going into those talks? There's no way to say that there's no way for them to take a step forward this year based on how close they were last year and not be in the playoffs, right? Unless I think I I don't think so. Unless the Western Conference right spikes, which I don't see happening. It's it's not a good conference, right? The now. only yeah. concern with the West is that the top teams came back down. Some of them, but did they come back down far enough? Right. Because if you believe, if you're not me, and you believe that Colorado took a step forward. And Dallas adds to their team, and they got better. And the Blackhawks, so, some believe, got better. So the Sharks came back down a little bit. We think Nashville came back down a little bit. Winnipeg came back down a little bit. But did they come back down to out of the playoffs? I don't think so. No. So where's the where's the gap going to be? Where how are the Coyotes going to get in? They're not in the East. So, but that, I guess that's the thing is the only way they can miss the playoffs and still be able to point to something as a step forward is if they finish with like ninety seven points and. Would Montreal have ninety six last year? Yeah, they'd be Montrealish, but and that's like purgatory, basically. Yes. Like we got better and still missed the playoffs. Yeah, unless you get Taylor Hall, you're not getting the number one pick then either. Yeah. So, <laughs> although who knows now? Now it does, apparently doesn't matter where you finish. So it just matters if you have Taylor Hall on your True. roster. Uh, Robert Nelson wrote in asking us to discuss the article we just discussed. So you're welcome, Robert. <laughs> Gertrude von Lichtenstein is the Onion a reputable news source? I would uh, I would say it's on par with Fox. Wow. Um, Coaches Jack, how does the Galchenyuk trade affect Lavushkin? It seems they were close and leaves Ilya as the only Russian with no on-ice translator. I don't know don't how close they were, actually. Uh, yeah, um, it, yeah it's, it, it's certainly nice to have somebody else in the room you can speak to in your language. And, and Ilya wasn't, uh, as the season went along, he wasn't comfortable doing media interviews because he didn't like his mastery of the English language, so... I suppose that's something to keep an eye on. I don't. I don't know what the Coyotes will do on that front, but yeah, he, he, it'd be nice to have someone to talk to, right? And I, I think he, I suspect that he uh, probably speaks a little better English than he lets on with us. Yeah, when he can just chat with his teammates, it's much more casual. So yeah, Phil uh, the Net Kessel, the obligatory Tim ownership Green. question, still on track to close around the end of July. Two weeks. Last I've heard, although exactly I have not heard weeks. an update recently, uh, do not have not heard that there's an actual date set yet. Okay. Uh, Gilbert Anthony writes in some more great analysis. Thanks, Jamie Eisner. Well, that's, that's we have no idea you, what he's referring to, of course. Yeah, Just everything. Sort of suggested. I think he. I think he also is he recently. Family member? No, uh, no, but he treats me better than some family yeah, members. burner account. You may as well just. I know uh, honorary him. family member. Yeah. He probably agrees that they need a number one center, right, Luke? Uh, I would. I would assume so. Actually, we need to. We need to get Gilbert Anthony to write in and, and say how he feels about the Coyotes' biggest weakness. Brandon Sparks. Craziest hockey ritual that you've personally heard of? Oh, man. He actually has two questions. So while you're thinking about that, has McLean ever coached a penalty-killing unit? And has he indicated any changes he'll make to coaching the forwards this year? Not sure if he's coached a PK unit, to be honest. Uh, All that is going to be ironed out in training camp. I'll I'll be looking at stories like that. It it is interesting. Uh, But I should note that while, you know, certain coaches are assigned units – Again, the Coyotes take a collaborative approach. They all have a hand in in the different units. So it's not just one guy overseeing it, and he's the only one. Now, there will be that one guy in the meetings that's running things, but they all talk about what they want to do. And again, these are Rick Tockett systems we're seeing here. I'm trying to think of the craziest hockey ritual I've personally heard of. 
Um, Jim Rutherford trading for horrible contracts and signing players nobody else wants to six-year deals. I mean, that well, is a crazy ritual. But, I mean, yeah. it's common. Oh. That happens yeah, in Chicago, yeah, too. Yeah. So Since since other GMs I mean, the, are doing the, it, you should do yeah. it. I mean, there are a few guys that do the left to right, right to left or whatever dressing. Like They, they dress one side first and then the other and then... I'm guessing the craziest ritual yeah. probably involves a goalie, but we'd have to uh, dive into yeah. just exactly what that is. The Coyotes really haven't had since Brzgalov. Yeah, crazy goalie. Who was the player who vomited during every game? Way old time hockey, like for the fun. Goaltender. I can't remember. I don't know. Like, was yeah. Bill Dernan, uh, Terry Sawchuk. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. One of the, one of those old time goalies used to vomit. That's well. That would qualify then. That's, yeah. that's a strange ritual. I don't think it was involuntary, I think. Oh, okay. That's not really a ritual. <laughs> Maybe it was by the Glenn way, Hall. Like, was it Glenn Hall? I can we look outside Hall. of our studio for a second? Is there like a field, a school field trip yes. that's coming through here? There is. Oh, it's okay. A, I mean, it's not, not really? school. I think they're like, those are, well, maybe they're not college. I don't know. Those are not college kids. Or if they are, I'm getting old. They they were all, uh, I, I told them, stop by if you want to see how a real podcast works. And Stop by like during our podcast or well, where was coming no, in the studio after I, us? I think they're probably all waiting for a different show oh, okay. to come on. <laughs> Big Tortilla. Yeah, it was Glenn Hall, by the way, who would vomit before games. How do you look something like that up? Well, you know, Google. Key, keyword search. Yeah, but what keywords? That's the real question. Goaltender Gold vomit. vomit. Goaltender vomit. Oh, Hashtag goaltender vomit. Yeah, I, was gonna, I mean, <laughs> Is that the name of the show? <laughs> There's not a whole lot of like angry Euler posts on there or something from fans. Could the Coyotes host the World Juniors like they had talked about when Ice Arizona first bought the team, then had to scrap the idea when Glendale pulled stuff no but i really wish they could i love the world juniors <laughs> me too i would love to see it but oh i, love I don't see juniors. that happening <laughs> i would imagine? love that so much <laughs> canada i think honestly would separate Lose their themselves mind, right yeah. right right they, no, they would just I, I think come, you, no they would just come to their winter homes i think and yeah, watch they'd be it. Angry a better chance of seeing an all-star game uh an ncaa frozen four or an outdoor game in arizona before we see the world juniors so outdoor before the world juniors so. <laughs> yeah yeah I'll take the All Star game. It is on the list. I'll take the uh, the, yeah, well, the, the All Star game ain't happening as long as they're in Glendale, so <laughs> unless something significant changes in the relationship. Uh, this is from if Jamie's. they were before we get that. If they were to do an outdoor game, would they do it at the Cardinals or would they do it at the D backs? No, I think they do it at Sun Devil Stadium. Sun Devil. Ooh, that's even better. Yeah, that's they've talked about that for right size. a couple of years actually, and they have a great relationship with ASU, so that I'd would, see that. That'd be fun. That would be totally. That'd be, totally that'd be cool. so that's, that's an iconic venue, right? And they can absolutely do it. I was in person at the one in L.A. at Dodger right. Stadium. They yeah. can do it. That was fun. That'd be great. Who would, would they play? L.A. The Blackhawks. We know this. It's an outdoor game. Like, what are we even talking about? <laughs> no, that's They're true. playing right. the Blackhawks, okay. and there's somebody transplanted Chicago. No, yeah. it's actually, no, it should be Chicago or no, LA. it's actually going to be a Blackhawks Rangers <laughs> game that they're going to play at <laughs> Sun Devil Stadium. That makes a lot more Blackhawks. Oh, we don't Black, want the Coyotes. Yeah, Blackhawks like Flyers. <laughs> it would have to be the Flyers. Uh, this is this is Jamie's boy at Mac Winnin. My only question this week is how angry, angry will Jamie get about Colorado when they win the West this year and Nazem Kadri has 70 points as the bona fide number two center of the Avalanche? Does he also know Kale McCarr is Canada's version of Eric Carlson? I'll hang up and listen now. <laughs> uh, wow. Nazem Kadri will not come anywhere near 70 points. This feels like a bet. Jamie with at Mac Winnett. Well, well, I thought I had to bet with Matt on the Avs. On like where they finish. We'll, we'll figure this out. One of us need we'll just make a bunch of bets, and then eventually you'll break even. Hopefully, are you going to make a bet on the air right now? Sure. What's, what? What am I betting on? The Nazem Kadri point total or yeah, Colorado? We need to get. Uh, well, you need you need somebody to bet with on the uh, the Colorado thing. The well, I'm most... sure now that I've said this, we can do, we can recur this next week. So okay. send in like your proposals for me of what over what bet you would take. 
and then we can go over them on the air and I can decide if I oh, like Oh, you had your Galchenyuk one too. Yeah. So there was the Galchenyuk. Well, my Galchenyuk one, I don't have to, somebody can just decide if they want to take me up on it. I, that one's an easy one because yeah. we're just comparing two players. Okay. I don't know what I'm comparing Kadri to. Well, I, his career high in points is 61. Was last I don't year, know right? if, if, what's up? Was that last year? No, it was uh, 16, 17. Okay. So I don't know if at Mac Winnin is serious when he throws I 70 out there. I don't think so. But what if we put the over under at 60? We I would take, still take the under okay. at 60. All right. So the over under, we should be writing these down. I don't have paper, so I'll just get a tattoo of it. Over under 60 points for Nazem Kadri. Under. And Galchen. Chenyuk versus Kessel. Versus Kessel. I think Galchenyuk scores as many goals per game. Goals per game. Yeah. Okay. With a minimum of 70 or whatever. Uh, AZ Hockey Nut, is the roster basically set? Or could we see a surprise considering there are still plenty of unsigned RFA available around the league? There's no question mark here, AZ Hockey Nut, which <laughs> makes me wonder if this is really a question. I, imagine, I, I can't imagine they're going to bring in any significant name so. player. I mean, they still have a couple spots that they could fill. On the roster, but I don't think it's going to be a. I don't think it's, it's not going to be one of those major RFAs that we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no, Joe Thornton. Craig, Craig's rewriting the Constitution on his computer. <laughs> so he's not even listening right now. Uh, Tatiana writes in. Sounds like Luke Lipinski needs a vacation. This is accurate. Yeah, I, I, I applaud you for that. Scheduled tweet. Uh-huh. How long? In, uh, Napoleon. Napoleon Ooh. wrote in. Dynamite. No, just Napoleon. Okay. So we don't know if it's Dynamite or the former ruler. How long until there is a Shane Doan statue? Will we have to wait on the new arena? Will we have to wait until the new arena? Probably. Yeah. I mean, okay. Murdoch. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or ten duck-sized horses? Read that again. I'm sorry, a hundred duck-sized horses. A hundred duck-sized Ooh, that changes the horses? Or one horse-sized duck? One Horse-sized. Duck. I think I could fight one horse-sized duck. Take, no, I take the opposite. Really? I don't want to. Do, I don't want to deal with a duck that has a like a sharp beak at that size. But that's all it's got is the bill. That's I mean, true. let's face oh, it. You know what? Other that's than that, true. it's got fluffy feathers and yeah, and you know, useless what? feet. I, I don't know if it's <laughs> will its legs be able to hold up. I don't know if really? it's a structural integrity. Knock it off its legs easily, right? That's true. It may be horse-sized, but it does not have four legs. It useless has those, feet. Yeah, it's got those two stilts it's walking on. That's with true. Webs yeah, at the bottom. That's true. You can I'm take him over yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Too top heavy. And, and because he is a duck, just like watch out for the beak. That's the, all you got to watch out for. The next Rutherford trade, I'm willing to fight a horse-sized duck. I think I'd come armed with a shield to. Defend me against the beak. You think? Well, I mean, the, the, the duck doesn't it's get a, a bill. Weapon. It's not a beak. Yeah, sure. yeah. let's be fair here. Okay. Um, you, what were you going to say? What about a hundred duck-sized horses? I don't even know how you would fight those. No, kick them. Yeah, <laughs> you can kick them like a lot, but it feels like you get overwhelmed. That's true. With yeah, all, with all those bills pecking at you. I guess do they pack. Ducks don't pack. <laughs> neither, do. neither do horses. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it would depend. So many questions. Like what? If you were in a closed space with right, 100 right. duck-sized horses. That's What's the space? Yeah, if it's just like outside in the parking lot. an open field? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I could outrun enough of them right. to right. sort of Am I in water? Because I, like I don't like my chances in water. No. But, but the horses aren't going to... These are tiny horses, Craig. They're not ducks. They're tiny horses. <laughs> okay. So I don't think you're going like to go back to the in water here. either. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't like the horses' chances. Okay, so maybe water would be a good place, yeah. actually. Yeah, they just sink. There's just the right amount of water. Duck-sized horses, yes. Back to that. Hmm. You think that's Anaheim's full team name, the Anaheim Ducks-sized horses? They'd be more interesting. They would be. Lisa writes in, what is the latest update on the condition of Michael Grabner? Is the vision back to normal? Is it now the best it will ever be? Don't know. It's better. Don't know if it'll ever be what it was. Uh, Michael Grabner, when I I talked to him last, seemed to think that (laughs) he was close to as good as it was going to get. 
Okay. But we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens next season uh, when we get the chance to talk to him a little bit more. Uh, that might be it for questions. For reals? You yeah. said there were so many. Well, there were, but these other ones don't look like questions. They're just people arguing. So, I thought I saw more. Did you? Well, I'm really scrolling. Did, you know? um, if either one of you guys wants to talk, I'll keep... Uh, <laughs> Go, Jamie. Keep You're good at this. A lot of people did ask about that uh, athletic. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. Like Adam wrote Sh- in about Sean that. Couturier, by the way, on that list got an A+. Plus. For his contract, which is understandable because now he scores a million points a game and he's only making like $4 million. Uh, Chris wrote in any word on the contract discussions with Aiden Hill. Uh, all I've been told is it's a process, but they, they're confident they're going to get something done. Victor sent in uh, just cowbell with a link to that Blackhawks huh, trade. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks mm. for that. Yeah, uh, all right. I guess that's it. Yeah, I got one more. Chris, uh, I disagree with those who think it's better for Hayton to play juniors versus being a mostly healthy scratch with the big club. You have to think he's the 13th guy. Injuries happen, travel happens. He would be a regular. Uh, we I, talked about this last week. I mean, week. I don't think Barrett Hayton makes the roster to sit in the press box. No. So if he's either playing most days or every day, or they'll send him back. But yeah. but, but again, going back to like the Soderstrom stuff, it is so much better to be playing in the SHL or the AHL than juniors. It just it is in yeah. terms of competition it's, level and everything. Yeah, and that is some the, of these guys. It's a like, huge yeah, difference. The CHL NHL agreement is a joke. It is a big problem. But because, yeah. yeah, he's another classic player where, in a perfect world, you, uh, you'd like to be able to maybe shuttle him between the AHL and the NHL yeah. this season, but you can't do it. Are they ever going to have an exception? Like each I, team gets I imagine. One? I imagine. I hope they so. Will with the next CBA, I hope they do. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it. We That's didn't it. even go two hours. Shocking. I'm shocked we didn't go two hours. Is that our bar now? Yeah, pretty much. All right, so Natty Hattie team next week. Sure. All the Natty, what are the rules again? I can't uh, remember. I don't know. Uh, that question was from four I think it was just ago. all time. No, no, it was it was for right now. We were supposed to have... It oh. Was, it was, oh, we're supposed to do it current and then all time, yeah. right? And then who would win, Current basically. for the entire NHL, six players then, just a starting line? Or are we doing all... No, it was all, four lines. Four, no, yeah, whole team. Like we're doing so like all time and current. Yeah. Well, I think we can just do current for next week. Do a current... Yeah, for next week. I so think that we, was they the have original active question. Players. So active players yes. somewhere. So not David Clarkson, <laughs> if that's what you're asking. Where? What are we, what, are we go to the KHL yeah. players? Team Upolkin. It can be on your shortage team. shortage of NHL players we can put on this team. And we're making a collective team? Yeah, I think that's we're, what we're going to... So that means I have to see you guys again before we actually have the show? Yeah. Ideally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, be the best way. Half a license. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it. For uh, for Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Remember how Craig still said he wanted Ringo Starr to die?